Welcome to the Sparkles of Gold Astrology Manifesto Podcast. My name is Nicolas Polimanakos. We are at another episode here in, in 2022. And this week I'll be talking about April 10th to April 17th. Very just quick, broad podcast about the transits. Um, April 10th on Sunday brings us Mercury's ingress into Taurus. After being in Aries for several weeks, we leave the sign of fire and no filters. <laughs> that is Aries. And Mercury enters a pragmatic sign, an earth sign in Taurus, which brings patience, groundedness, resourcefulness, is persistent, and at times stubborn, and has tunnel vision. And Mercury, ideas, thoughts, and opinions, how one comes up with that and how one communicates, will be going through Taurus for the next several weeks, where eventually it will get to Mercury and Gemini. It also, on its journey, a couple of weeks, is going to make a connection to Uranus and Taurus and will be part of a story that happens at the end of the month with the eclipses that happen on April 30th uh, at 10 degrees Taurus. So Mercury is already going to transverse over these degrees that many other planets will hear of eventually when they enter Taurus. Um, key thing here is to be patient, to be contemplative, and to think through what you're going to say. So that starts April 10th off. Uh, another interesting thing is the moon comes into Leo uh, overnight, um, where the two days, two and a half days before, it was in the sign of Cancer, which made some harmonious aspects with the Pisces planets. Right now we have Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune there, which you might have been hearing about this transit. has been waiting for this for a long time. And the moon and Cancer made some emotional, heartfelt connections. But then the end of the night, on April 9th, Saturday, it also made some caustic um, interactions, brutal interactions, actually, with Pluto and Capricorn. That's when Mercury's was in Aries, the last degrees of Aries. And then the moon in Cancer, which is another cardinal sign, they perfected a T-square. And there's a lot of tension and communication and truths that have come up to the surface. And now here on April 10th on the Sunday, we are coming out of that emotional space into the space with Leo, the moon being in Leo. Um, and off the bat, moon and Leo is going to have a, a great relationship with the sun in Aries. There's two fire signs. They're going to flow. And there might be a little bit of a letting go from the caustic energy and the tension that happened from the night before. Uh, the moon will also be squaring Uranus and Taurus, so you're not completely out of the woods there. There's some, some unpredictability emotionally on April 10th. When we get into uh, April 11th, we start getting closer and closer to a perfecting uh, uh, conjunction that's happening with Jupiter and Neptune, um, which actually happens on the next day. But at this point... Um, we have some other interesting uh, transits with the moon. Uh, the moon is going to be in the mid-degrees of Leo and is going to oppose Saturn and oppose Mars and Aquarius. Both of them are Aquarius. So we have another opposition, another standoff here emotionally with Leo. So Leo doesn't skate by easily in their two and a half days of being in the sign, <laughs> the moon being in the sign. Um, it, there's still some tension going on. So that's on, a, uh, that's on the 11th. When we get to the 12th is a day that people have been waiting for for 100 years 
100 years plus since the last time it happened for the last year especially jupiter and pisces and neptune and pisces will be together conjunct in the sky mathematically by degree at 23 degrees they've already been together here for weeks building and they will be here like this for the next you know several weeks uh, honestly until jupiter and pisces leaves the sign and goes into aries mid-may so we have a deep deep story of dissolving or enmeshing enmeshing or dissolving what is it um connected to something that's outside of ourselves that that goes beyond ourselves the dream world the prayer the ritual things that we cannot see usually we can see the condo is open uh, the veil is down um connection to our imagination to higher versions of love, so on and so forth. The other part of this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction could be complete disillusionment, complete fantasy and fog, and not dealing with reality. Um, there's nothing concrete holding all this water. Um, the fantasy and the dream could seem like it's reality or that it will become reality, but there's nothing holding it. And one has to be careful about um, the disillusionment and tricking themselves into something that seems to be the truth. Um, it's a fine line here that we're playing and you would have to see and feel and look directly to the Pisces part of your chart to see how this is functioning for you. I always say with something intense like this, it's beautiful actually, this transit, um, and, but you want to uh, use it with tools in your hand to guide you through it and to get you to come back. So let's just say you're doing uh, paying attention to visions and your dream work. You have a pen and pad and a recorder and you try to record these things at night in the morning so you can uh, flesh out the clues later on because there's not more than clues there. There's some, some ultimate, pure, divine truth. Uh, other times people will use a transit like this, whether they know it or not, and do things to disconnect themselves from reality that are harmful to themselves and don't know how to come back. And they're in this illusionary bubble that seems to be real, but it's not. And there's where the diffusion comes in of Jupiter, Neptune, and the dream isn't really a dream. It's, it could be a nightmare eventually. So I'm giving you a couple of examples of here. You're gonna read a lot about this. What I will tell you is because Venus is also there in Pisces, that if you take a structured approach, if you come from a place of good intention with your heart, uh, uh, you're connected to your body, to your mind. All those things are connected together. A transit like this can bring immense insight and immense healing to one's own world in a particular situation or the Pisces part of the chart. It could bring uh, uh, love and compassion in the form to yourself and for those that you love and, and a process of uh, forgiveness, so on and so forth. But that's not without having to do some work. So that's April 12th. I could do a whole podcast on that, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I will say, though, that, that on April 12th, too, in the morning, the moon enters Virgo, which will, um, interestingly enough, oppose uh, Venus in Pisces that day and, and eventually Neptune and Jupiter uh, in Pisces in the next 24 hours. So it's uh, I think Virgo here brings a reality check and brings the pen and paper and the compass and the post-it notes and the things that help you with the Jupiter, Neptune, and Venus in Pisces. Uh, which is great because they're of opposite signs. They're of polarity points and they need each other. Uh, Pisces walks out the door saying the universe will take care of me. Uh, Virgo walks out the door saying 
the only way I can get through the day here is if I have my tools <laughs> so you can see how the two need each other and um, how they bounce off of each other. So yeah, the moon's going to oppose Mars. It's going to make a harmonious, uh, the moon and Neptune's going to make a harmonious relationship with actually uh, Mercury and Taurus that day. Um, and then we get into the next day on the 13th. Um, and we have Mercury sextiling Venus, Mercury and Taurus sextiling Venus in Pisces, another harmonious relationship between an earth sign and a water sign. And here we are communicative thoughts, what we come up with that patience of Taurus, our tastes and our appetites and what we value comes through in our words in a harmonious relationship with Venus, relationships, the feminine resources, money in Pisces where she loves to be and it's all high love and romance and feel good. So you could see how there's a lot of healing here and one can write a huge book of poetry <laughs> on that day. That's one form of it. But also use the, the ideas that come through one's mind and, and using Taurus and being practical and taking the feel good uh, uh, feelings and the way of uh, using your senses with Venus and Pisces and putting those things together and coming up with something that has structure and worth but is all based in um, love and compassion. That's one way to look at it. Um, that's April 13th. Moon is still in Virgo. We get into... Um, uh, we also have the moon's going to be the moon in Virgo in an earth sign is going to be trining Uranus and Taurus too, uh, which is great too. So there's more earth here in an in, 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 uh, gen ingenious way of Uranus and, and the new ways it likes to bring things in Taurus uh, 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 in a great relationship with the moon in Virgo where there's practicality and structure and regiment to this. And that helps out the Mercury-Venus uh, sextile that I mentioned earlier. Um, April 14th, um, now we have Mars finally leaving Capricorn and, and moving into the sign of Pisces. So now we're going to have Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pisces. Here we go, full dream world, full, uh, what I mentioned earlier, fantasy, fog, disillusionment, amazing connection to the divine, the <laughs> travel between worlds, so on and so forth. Again, now Mars doesn't in a sense, feel at home in Pisces. It doesn't flow as much as Venus does in Pisces. But uh, from a modern perspective, I think Mars here is, is slowed down and diffused by Pisces, which Mars doesn't like. But if one were to think about the last so many months in the astrology world and the relationship with Venus and Mars, first what was happening with the Venus retrograde in Capricorn, we had Mars and Venus together for a while, then we had Mars and Venus together in the sky in Aquarius for a while, and here comes Mars into the, the story, Pisces story, and again, there is more of a story here of, um, you have to be careful with Pisces stuff here, because um, you can project an image or a fantasy onto someone, something that is not really there. At the same time, you want to celebrate and walk through a world of, of, of dreaming, of thinking about things in a different way, of uh, that are not so caustic, that are not so aggressive, that have to do with, um, in a sense, your heart and love in all its forms. So you could see how this can work out. It just depends on the person and their chart. Um, if you ever wondered about, if you don't know where Pisces is in your chart, you can always get a hold of me through the podcast notes and I will let you know where it is. But basically on the 14th, we start a huge story, another Piscean chapter uh, um, 
with Mars and Pisces. Um, on the 15th is something I want to mention that is happening because at that point the moon's in Libra, but it will be opposing Chiron and Aries, um, which Chiron and Aries is at 13 degrees. I've been talking about this on my YouTube videos and on my podcast that you can't ignore Chiron and Aries. You can't ignore it also because several weeks ago, the new moon in Aries was conjunct Mercury in Aries and with Chiron. So there is a wound here that is still being dealt with, especially people who are Aries, who have planets in Aries, etc. The moon now entering Libra, getting ready for the full moon the next day, is first going to touch and be 180 degrees away from Chiron and Aries. So this wound is exposed again. So I just want to point that out for those who've been listening to me in this uh, ongoing Chiron story. Next day on April 16th is a big day because here we are pretty much. Um, this is the um, full moon that's happening in Libra. And this happens at 11.55 a.m. on the Pacific end of things, Pacific the West Coast. And here's an interesting day because this full moon, as always, is connected to two weeks earlier with a new moon, and, and that new moon was in Aries, and this is happening at 26 degrees Libra moon, um, which is going to be in a caustic relationship and squaring 90 degrees away from Pluto and Capricorn. So now we have a, a story of power struggle, of power manipulation, and this is something that's been an underlying deep, deep story since last winter. And it's here where the moon in Libra on an emotional end wants to not have things be caustic and shake things up. They want to have things balanced and harmonious. And it's not because Pluto is unearthing and asking for whatever truths to be known to come up and rise from the, from the subterranean depths and, and uh, show itself um, because it those things that have risen up are not functioning anymore. They're poisonous. They're rotting, and they need to be purged. That's what Pluto does in the end is that sort of process. So Pluto is at the centerpiece of this full moon in Libra. So not everything is harmonious and happy. You feel me? At the same time, with all this going on, we always like to look at the rulers uh, of lunation in this case the ruler of the sun in aries is mars the ruler of the moon in libra is venus and as we talked about earlier venus and mars are in pisces so you could see here how difficult this could be because venus and mars and pisces doesn't want to be in some reality place they want to be like in so fantasy romantic uh idealistic situation and here comes pluto bringing the reality so we look at the rulerships of, of this full moon, Venus and, and Mars and Libra, and we could see how there's going to be confusion here and how to deal with something like this. But there's a solution or two here, and it has to do with good old Mercury and Taurus being at 11 degrees <laughs> and Uranus and Taurus at 13 degrees. They're conjunct, and they're making a harmonious relationship with Venus and Pisces at 12 degrees. So here's the conduit. Here's the place where where one could could talk this out, hopefully, in a pragmatic way, a, a, a stable way, uh, Mercury and Taurus, in a new way, Uranus and Taurus, and be in resourcefulness. And that relationship with Venus and Pisces um, 
there can be some healing here in conversation. And if this table is set and is structured in reality, and one were to take that, that groundedness of Mercury and Taurus, but the idealistic higher love of Venus and Pisces, you could see how solutions can be found and made here. But but it can't be just based in some, um, like everything's going to be fine. I don't have to worry about anything. It's like, no, there's a little bit of work here to be done. And people have to listen to each other. They have to listen to themselves and their intuition and then eventually have to listen to other people. So there's a solution to this uh, intense full moon. So there you go. I will say the next day we get into the moon in Scorpio, which is more intensity and eventually is going to hit the south node at 22 degrees. But the, I will say there's more healing on the next day and a half after the full moon because the moon in Scorpio, which is a water sign, makes harmonious, great connections of deep, deep, profound uh, 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 passion, love with all the Pisces planets that I mentioned earlier, Mars, Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter. So there can be a next stage to this healing from the full moon, but one has to be honest and true and stay on the the upper, higher part of the Scorpio life, which is being honest, being deep, and being real, using those powers to get to the most deepest intimate heart of matters. The other side of Scorpio, what it could do when it's off is, is power struggles and manipulation, but it doesn't have to be that way. It could be something else. And Scorpio exposes that intimacy and exposes and connects with Venus and Mars and Neptune and Jupiter. And there can be some amazing, amazing love and healing and compassion like how I like to end all my podcasts and videos. I'm not all candy all the time. I'm actually pragmatic and uh, Saturnian type of guy, but um, I'm just going to leave it at that this week. Um, if you like what you've heard, uh, please subscribe. Please rate the podcast. Go to my website, sparklesofgold.com. You know, recently I've been giving discounted readings to people if they've been honest to me about their financial situation. And I said, okay, if this is what you can pay, this is what I can do. I don't want to turn anybody down these days. So you can contact me through my website. You can go to my YouTube channel, Sparkles of Gold on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, so on and so forth. I'm trying to build something here. It's gonna, uh, at the end of the year, I'm going to gut check myself and see how this is all going to turn out. Um, but so far, some of you have actually shown your support, and it really helps me. There's times when I'm here alone doing these podcasts and these videos, and I'm wondering if anybody out there is listening or if they're affected by it, and you are. So thanks for the support. I send love and light to all of you. And I'll see you on the next episode.